Welcome to Aladdin Isn't Indian. My name is Coven Buddy Velu, and I'm a high schooler, I'm a professional actor, and I've been wondering, why? Why don't I see myself on stage, on TV, or in the movies more often? People of my background, that is. I'm a third generation Indian American, and I've been frequently struggling to find a character that embodies and represents someone like me, without all the stereotypes and inaccurate representations. However, I realized that it is not just me, so I started this podcast to dive a little deeper into what diversity really is, because Aladdin isn't Indian. Today, we will be interviewing Roderick Justice, a producer, artistic director, choreographer, director, and as he likes to refer, storyteller. Let's see what he has to say over the representation in TV, stage, and film today. All right, so my first question would be, where are you from? I'm actually from Eastern Kentucky, which is, a very different um, uh, culture than what I found in a metropolitan area. So I'm from, I tell people I'm from Pikeville, Kentucky, but I'm actually 45 minutes deeper into the hollers. So I'm from the Appalachian Mountains, Appalachian Mountains. Um, And so it's really a a culture of rural um, mountain America. So... I tell people Pikeville, Kentucky, but the technical, what I put on my uh, address, my my Christmas cards uh, back home, it's uh, Phyllis, Kentucky. (laughs) Nice. Well, how well do you feel you are represented in any way? Myself represented, um, I see myself often. Um, I see my my ethnicity represented often. My personality, I see it represented more today than, it, than I did when I was your age. Uh, but I, I don't know if I see where I w- am from, Appalachian culture. I don't know if it's represented authentically um, in mainstream media as much. Uh, it's just not a... Um, it's just not a neck of the woods that you see very often. Yeah, awesome. Well, has cultural representation of your own background always been around? I would say, I would say that representation of Appalachian um, culture has been around. Um, it's not the main focus of many Hollywood films or television settings. Um, but as far as art goes, folk art, um, Appalachian artwork, um, the, the storytelling that comes from um, the, the mountain people, uh, it is very popular where I am from. And the arts are rich and alive in Eastern Kentucky in different ways um, than they are here, but they are still represented and, and are alive there. Uh, I don't know if it's just reflected out into the main world as can much you, as others. Can you name some of those differences maybe from Eastern Kentucky that you see now 
mm -hmm. here today. Sure. So I think um, what you hear when you're telling stories, for example, the uh, folk tales that you would hear, the twists on some of the popular fairy tales. So you've got your Cinderella's and you've got your Rumpelstiltskins, but um, you may not know Ash Pit or you may not know some of the other um, stories that we were told as kids because they come from an Appalachian setting and they just don't translate as well as some of the kingdom far, far away. Nice. Well, you're an academic. You teach um, theater and uh, choreography and directing. You're an artistic director at the Children's Theater of Cincinnati. And how do you feel you bring insight into this world of theater? Insight as in? Insight. Like just general insight. Yeah. Like how do you bring your outside knowledge and apply it? I always tell people that theater is a reflection of life. And it is our job as storytellers to reflect life um, in the setting of the world of the play. So it is my job as an artist, as an artistic director, as a choreographer, as a instructor to find an artistic way to reflect life. So there's motivation, there's intention, and I feel my, my purpose is to do so as authentically as possible within the world of the show. So um, if the show is a drama or if the show is a farcical comedy, if the show is just silly, it doesn't matter the, the type of show. Everyone is acting with true human intention to get what they want, no matter what. They want something for a reason and they act upon certain reasons um, the same way they would in a comedy, in a drama, in a farce, or if the show is all about a bunch of fish swimming in the ocean. They still have intentions and motivations. So those are authentic no matter what. So doing so and reflecting life the best way as possible, even though it may come in different forms, whether it's drama or comedy. Yeah, authenticity and reason. Awesome. Well, um, what role does diversity and representation play in theater to you? To me, it's incredibly important. Um, as a, an artistic director for a children's theater, you want the people in the audience, not just the children, but the child at heart, to see yourself up on stage. Not just someone that is acting like you, or sounds like you, or dresses like you, but someone that looks like you, that has um, the same issues that you may be going through, um, so you can relate to that person on stage. If you can't relate to a character, um, and we see this often in film, if you can't relate to anybody on the film, if you don't feel any sympathy or empathy for that person or the people in the film, the film is probably not going to be one of your uh, favorites of all time. It's probably going to kind of fall off the, the radar and go into the, the list of films that you probably could have gone in your whole life without seeing or paying a ticket to see. But if you make your, um, your con uh, cast, your ensemble, um, reflective of the world around you, and authentically so, 
then you have a, a, an audience that sees themselves on, somewhere on that stage and can identify and draw parallels and empathize much more than they would if diversity was um, lacking. And, and, and I mean the whole breadth of diversity, not just, just someone's um, ethnic makeup or their background, but, but looking at the whole breadth of diversity, making sure that we are representing as many um, uh, people uh, as possible. Yeah. Well, what does the terms diversity and representation mean to you, and how, how do they differ? Hmm. So diversity in the whole breadth of the word means different, our differences. So looking at um, that, that, that we are not looking at a, a, a group of individuals that are coming from the same point of view. We are looking at individuals on stage that are coming from many different points of views, which inherently means they're coming from different backgrounds, upbringings, locations, um, genetic makeup. Um, we're coming from different abilities, different, um, different upbringings, the way we were raised the areas we were raised in. Um, so that is what diversity means to me, is making sure that we are, that it's as various as possible, as varied and different. When we're looking at the full term of diversity, when we're looking for representation, making sure that people see themselves up there, we want to make sure that everyone can draw a, 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 a thicker parallel line to someone on stage, whether that's a parallel line of that person on stage is hearing impaired and I'm with a hearing impaired partner or I myself am hearing impaired or my grandpa is hearing impaired and I see that that person has a, a, a an implant, and, 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 I, and I'm drawing that parallel to the person on stage with my own life. Or maybe it's someone who has a, a different uh, ethnicity than I do. I want to make sure that I'm drawing that parallel and making that, that person empathize and, and see the other point of view. That is literally what we are doing on stage is stepping into another person's shoes, whether we are in the audience or literally stepping into another person's shoes on stage as another character. One representation to ignite more empathy in each person. That's great. Um, and you know very well as the artistic director of the Children's Theater Cincinnati that there, uh, that TCT brings in a lot of inclusivity uh, with sensory-friendly performances, turning down the lights and uh, down the volume for music a little bit, um, and with BIPOC casting. Um, how do you use your knowledge and authority for the betterment of others? Or why did you want to become the professional that you are today? I think the first thing you have to do is step aside and listen, that you need to 
understand privilege and what that means. You have to open your ears and not just hear, but listen. Give space. Give time to the entire process of what we're doing at the Children's Theater when we're talking about growing our pool of diversity and of representation on stage in every sense of the word. It's, it's taking a beat to say, the authority that I have as an artistic director is not, it's not so strong that I have to veto anything. The authority I have is to empower, to bring more people, more voices in. I, that's why we, we, in Moana, we brought in um, two cultural consultants, one from American Samoa, um, who was consulting me from American Samoa, and one that was in the cast. So when cast had questions, they could go directly to someone in the room. I think that's so important to not put myself in line with a person that has all the answers, because I don't. I check my privilege and I step back and I open my ears and I open my mind to let other voices in the room be there to guide me just as they are guiding the show, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, my last question would be, where does the need for diversity lie today? This could be in anywhere in arts-related. Um, of course, I, I have a problem usually when people celebrate diversity um, in numbers at the end, uh, but that is just me as an administrator going, look, we had this increase of, of, of this, 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 and I'm like, that is, that is excellent that we are growing, but that's not anything to celebrate yet. Because when you celebrate, it means that we've achieved something, and I don't think we've achieved anything that is worth a tremendous amount of applause yet. I think we have a long way to go um, on stage. We have a long way to go in who is telling the stories. And we have an immense um, way to go with who is backstage, who is working behind the scenes. So the production managers, the crew, the stage managers, the, the um, the lighting designers and scenic designers, um, we're a long way. The directors, the artistic directors, we have a long way to go to have true representation um, of, of the world um, in our industry. Yeah. A long way to go. <laughs> that's, that's really great. Um, do you have any thing else to say, questions? Um, I do, yeah. I, I, I have a question for you. Okay. Um, when did you first feel that you were included in the theater world? Well, I use this example a lot. In sixth grade, I played Mowgli in the Jungle Book at a bit bigger scale than community theater. I played Aladdin and 
Mowgli a lot. And it's kind of funny that I group in Aladdin with Mowgli as in, um, well, really, uh, the whole title of my podcast is Aladdin isn't Indian. And I always tell people, yeah, I want to be Aladdin someday uh, on Broadway. It's always been my big dream. Um, but then I realized that, oh, I'm not even um, Middle Eastern. Uh, a lot of people just group in everybody, brown, uh, together. Um, so I guess, in my case, I feel the most connected to um, Mowgli in the Jungle Book because that's the only true Indian that I've played. Um, I'm not, I was never, I've never been to India. I've never, I've never visited there. I wasn't born there. Um, I'm a third generation uh, immigrant from, in America. So I would consider myself more part of um, American civilization rather than Indian. Um, so I guess that's a whole other different side of the story because I haven't really seen many other Indian American um, characters and uh, abilities to play an Indian American. Um, so yeah, I guess that would be my answer. Mm. And how have you felt at the children's theater? You've been working with me for a long time. Do you feel that um, your time here has embraced, you feel more embraced? Or is there something that you wish you could see more of? Well, you know, there's a big difference in this theater than compared to others where I've played numerous British little boys and um, uh, elves uh, where I've not seen many, I haven't seen very many Indian elves or um, many younger brothers to Buddy the Elf mm -hmm. <laughs> um, that aren't of the same race. So I think it's really awesome that there's so many different, um, that colored, well, blind casting is a big thing here. Um, but I mean, I guess it's not the Children's Theater of Cincinnati's fault or anything like that, but there just aren't those stories to represent an Indian American yes. like me. The, in the industry, um, like I said, that's a, that's a big deficit. Wh who's telling the stories? Yeah. And who's starring in the stories as far as the characters go? Um, and you brought up a good point about... Um, uh, so you brought up the term colorblind casting. Have you heard the term color-conscious casting? I have. And have you heard the term dynamic casting. I haven't. That is a term that I like to use, and I kind of say I made it up, but <laughs> I, I, I do think colorblind casting is what our industry uses often. However, somebody could see that and say that we're turning a blind eye to the, the person on stage. Color conscious can mean that we are tokening certain ethnicities on stage, where I feel like dynamic casting is saying we are taking everything into consideration and everything also out of consideration. Your ability is not going to hinder your chances to play a role. 
So there's nothing, when, I, when I, I'm challenging myself and the directors to say, there is no reason that someone who is in a wheelchair can't play Michael, Buddy's brother and Buddy the Up. There's no reason that um, someone that is a different ethnicity than uh, the mom in another show can't play each other's family. Families look so different and, and, and there's no reason that we can't cast without that being um, an issue. So I, I find that my favorite term to use, and you're welcome to use it if you want. Yeah. If not, don't worry about I'm it. I'm definitely going to do it. dynamic casting has been my favorite because it, does, it takes the focus away from a, uh, being blind to what we're doing because I want people to see themselves. I am purposefully saying I want to see representation. Um, and I know that's never anyone's... Um, intention when they say when they use colorblind casting mm -hmm. but I've always felt that it could get twisted the wrong way yeah so that's just a term that I I use that may <laughs> have made it up and it's fine no yeah I totally agree that's it's a really cool term yeah um well that's great thank you so much for oh, meeting yes. with me thank you <laughs> it is so easy to admire Roderick and his work in the industry I believe one incredibly significant thing to note is that he does a lot of his work with the Children's Theatre of Cincinnati, catering to especially younger audiences. Children are the next generation of this world, and Roderick's work and priorities in the method of dynamic casting brings all these children the ability to see themselves on stage in a purposeful, intended manner. That's all for now. And I'll see you next time, because Aladdin still isn't Indian.